Do they have a handheld? true with gossip also. You can say words about people that shouldn't be said, but you'll never get them back. The best way to not let your words leave and go away and do the harm is to never speak them at all. God's called us to bless and not curse. He really has. Because the second part of what he's saying here is bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. Say that with me. Bless those who curse you. See, your brain just heard something pretty good today come out of your mouth. That's incredible. Your brain needs to hear you speak too. And it needs to hear blessings coming out of your mouth too. Because that's your spirit repeating God's word, and it can register on your mind, and your mind can begin to line up with the word of God. Very important. Uh, It's just one of God's great tools for your mouth to speak blessing instead of curses, then your ears hear the blessing and not the curses anymore. Would you all agree that naturally we hear enough curses in the world we live in? Why do I have to join in and and jump up and down on that dog pile that my brain has to deal with too? I'm not going to deal with it anymore. Mouth, get in line with God's word. You start speaking blessings and no longer curses. I don't care how many curses you've heard in your life. Mind. I don't care how many bad things people have said to you and how hard it is and all the stuff that's going on in this world, but I will not join them with my mouth. Why? My ears need to hear blessings and needs to hear God's word. It's the only hope. It's the only promise in the day we live in. It's everything we need, Christian. Question. Where's your Bible? What's your reading life like? What is your input Your input always affects the output. Number three, Jesus said, do good to those that hate you. Now, this is really where it gets hard. This is where the flesh really begins to contend. Because he tells us we have to do good to those that hate you. You ever had anybody really hate you? Have you really had anybody hate you? I mean, we know the devil hates us. But when another person rises up and hates you, That's hard. And what do you want to do in that situation? What is natural? Natural for me is to rid myself of them. Recoil, get away from hate. I don't want to be around hate. Does anybody really run to hate? No. The devil is hate. God is not. So I'm not going to... Listen to my flesh in this situation. That's what Jesus is telling us not to do, is listen to the flesh in this situation. You must be dialed in in your spirit in order to handle this one. Because he's saying, do good to those who hurt you. Do good to those that hate you or hurt you. The same. Go out of your way to do good. Now, this is one of the hardest lessons I had to learn in life, is to go out of my way to do good to those that hate me. Go out of my way to do good to hate me? What is that all about? That's lining me up with a blessing. That's lining me up to live in forgiveness. Because forgiveness, yes, even though it can affect them, forgiveness will affect you greatly. Forgiveness actually releases you 
from the hate that they tried to implant in your mind. If you can see hate for what it is and hurt for what it is, hate and hurt are seeds trying to be sown into your life to grow a hate or hurt tree in your life. All you have to do is reject the seed. Reject the hate seed. How do you reject the hate seed? The same way I quit cursing. You replace the hate seed with a blessing seed. I know this is what they said, and this contention goes on in my mind a lot. I know this is what they said. I know they were being mean. I know they were retaliating. But this is what God's word says. This is what the robe of righteousness means to me. It pulls me out of the hurt and hate that this world wants to sow or someone that's really angry or in the flesh tries to do to you. Don't let it sow into your life. Amen? That's the whole thing. The Bible says the sower sows the word. But do you know the enemy sows seeds of cursing and hatred and everything that has to do with killing, stealing, and destroying? There's two sowers in this world. There's an enemy, and then there's God, the good news. So we're, 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 we're sowing the good word this morning. We're sowing the good news. But here's the hard part. I get you for an hour at the most on a Sunday morning. What are you guys hearing the rest of the week? That's the hard part, is that you've got to go out and you get to deal with all these curses and things. If we send you out without the born-again experience and without the Holy Spirit as your aid and stand-alongside helper, then you can't make it. You're going to fall into this curse and hatred. And you may be here today and you may say, well, I fall victim to this all the time, Pastor. You must be preaching this to me. I didn't mean to. If you don't, don't take it that way. But yeah, people do fall victim to this all the time. And it's hard. It's hard to live the other way. But God has given us an escape. And God has given us a victory plan in order not to be that way. Do good to those that hurt you. Go out of your way to do good. Love. Love. It comes right back to love all the time, doesn't it? God's love in us covers a multitude of sins. Would you agree that hurting someone else or hating someone else would be a sin? Do you know that God's love is so strong, so amazing, so penetrating, so invincible that it covers a multitude of hate and hurt? especially those that try to sow it outside of you. People, I realize you don't deserve to be hated and hurt. But you have an adversary, the devil, that goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. That's kind of blind to our eyes when we, or our ears when we read it, but how's he trying to devour you? How's he trying to mess with you through hate, through hurt? Those are his two tactics. That's what he uses. And deception, evil, 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 amen? We're going to pull up 1 Peter 4, 8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Amen. Now, Jill doesn't have this. This is James 1, 19 through 25. And I've got it on my phone. And I really want to read this through the Message Bible. Are you able to look it up that fast and put it up there? That's pretty good. James 1, 19 through 25. 
said it. So James 1, 19-20, post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow with your tongue, and let anger stra straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. So throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror. Walk away and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is no, is not, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or a woman of action. That person will find a light and affirmation in the action. Confirmation to what Jesus is telling us to do in this situation. James, his brother, wrote this later on in life. Eugene Peterson interpreted it in a way that we could just understand. And I loved every second of it. Amen? Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's number four if you're taking notes. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus, while on the cross, prayed for those that crucified him. Is he our example or not? Is Jesus our example? Are you really a Christian? That word Christian actually means Christ-like. It's not a preference of religion. If you're truly a Christian, Jesus is Lord of your life and he's in your heart, it means you're becoming more like him every day. And we study him on the cross when he was being hated and hurt with words, and not only words, physical hate, physical beating, physical punishment. Some of us can't even get to there and say that that's really happened to us. I don't know anybody here has been on the cross. Anybody that's suffered 39 lashes of the cat of nine tails. But even Jesus, in the midst of all that, doing it for us, didn't once curse in return. He, he was like a lamb being led to the slaughter, it said. And this is the King of glory, the Lord, of, our Lord our God. He was there in the beginning and is there now, ever will be. And this is the God that we serve today. This is our example. The first time you begin to think, I've really got it rough. This Christian life is so hard. Stop it. Look at the cross. Look what Jesus bore and realize you've been called to bear that same type of abuse if you need to. All his disciples did. Hey, you remember what I told you about me having to go to Bible school because I needed discipline? Discipline is the root word for the word disciple. To be a disciple is to be disciplined in him. Amen? Amen. Jesus, while on the cross, prayed for those who crucified him. Stephen, while being stoned, prayed for his attackers. So, less than one generation after Jesus died, Stephen actually saw Christ live this way, probably saw him on the cross, and acted just like Jesus Christ. If Stephen can do it, I can do it. If Stephen can do it, you can do it. But you've got to be filled with God's word. You've got to be meditating on it day and night for it to work its fruit in you. Acts 7, 59 and 60, please. 
And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with, their, with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Some people believe he fell asleep before the first stone hit him. I don't know, I wasn't there. But I like to believe that too. 1 Peter 3, 8-12, please. 1 Peter 3, 8-12 says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him or her refrain their tongue from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Don't let them sow these things into you. We were just instructed by Peter how we're supposed to live this life, Christian. If you're, if you're not living life in this as a perfect Christian, see, you're not going to be perfect in any way because you still have flesh to deal with. But God did ask us and call us to be perfect in love. Be holy for I am holy. Without holiness, we cannot see God. Holiness is a traction or a work towards being more like him every day. It's not perfection, but it is excellence. To be an excellent Christian means you do a little better today than you did yesterday. That's enough. That's good. And God's patting you on the back if you can just do a little better today than you did yesterday. And tomorrow, you build on what you did today. Amen. Good stuff. Whether you're saying amen or not, it's still good. It's God's word. Amen. In conclusion, we'll have uh, everybody stand to your feet. Have our musicians and singers come forward, please. I want to bring up Matthew 5, 44 and 45 again. In conclusion. Matthew 5... 44 through 45. Do you have that in the New King James? It says, but I say to you, listen closely, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Verse 45. That you may be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. See, God still loves every evil person in this world. As evil as you've been or as evil as they've been, God still loves. And that's all he's called us to do. Just love. Not hate. Not retaliate. He's called us to love. And he's called us to be very progressive and full of action. That's why in the King James Version, it actually calls it charity. Because charity is love in action. And that should be the picture of you as a Christian. Love in action at all times. You'll never go wrong loving. Remember, there's no law against love. You can begin to play. Father, as we sing this last song, I want to thank you for this time we've had in your word. To some, it may be pretty tough. It may have been hard to hear 
And Lord, I'm guessing because they don't feel like they've made it that well in that area that we talked about today. But Lord, that's your plan for them. That's your desire for them as a Christian and as, as your kid. We're King's kids, people. We are King's kids. He loves us and he's cheering us on, but he wants us best to be in us at all times. So we're going to follow this teaching closely, God. We're going to start to depend on the Holy Spirit to help us in these situations when people are tough on us and rough on us. Lord, it can happen to us. It probably will. But Lord, to the best of our ability, we're going to follow your word and we're going to bless those who curse us. We're going to pray for those who spitefully use us. And Lord, we thank you that Jesus is alive at baseline and that love is our baseline. 